I'll try that again. Hallelujah. Happy New Year, everyone. Did anybody have a good good New Year? Anybody have a good last year? You excited for the next year? Amen. I am pumped. I'm a little excited. I have an expectation of God that's kind of crazy. And I want to share with you this morning some thoughts that I have. I feel like this thing's chasing me. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we begin, why don't we start with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, you are so good to us. You're so good to me. And Lord, I believe you've given us a word. You've directed every step that we take. And today, as we spend time in your word, Lord, I ask that you would open up your word into our lives. Lord, that we would hear what you are saying. And that it would fall onto the soil of our hearts and it would bring forth a hundredfold complete maximum what you expect it to bring forth in your precious name amen well the last few sundays we've been talking about and i've been announcing that we're going to have a vision sundays a couple of them And so today I want to lay out some thoughts and some ideas. Um, At the end of the service, we're going to give everybody something. And then I'm going to ask you this next week to consider and to pray and to talk about what's been shared. And then we're going to talk next week. And I'm going to give some further explanation and some further um, information or examples and illustration regarding some of the thoughts that God's given me. The first thing I want to say is when we talk about vision, we are not changing the vision of solid rock. Okay, the the vision of solid rock, if I can sum it up very simply, because I don't think it's a very simple necessarily, what I find with the vision is as you progress, it grows. Just like you have a family and you start, well, well, let's have a child. You get a child and all of a sudden there's other elements and other things along with that child that grow with your family. And if I could sum up the way Pastor Nelson has expressed and explained to myself and my brother Pastor Daniel regarding vision and, and passion, the vision that I gather from Pastor Nelson is his desire to see each and every one of you active and alive and fulfilling the call that God has on your life. If if I can sum it up as, and from that, there's a whole lot of life and a whole lot of things that go on and happen. 
But Pastor Nelson's passion is for you to understand what God has put in your life and the call that he has placed on your life, the assignment that he has given, the passions that he has given, the way that he formed you, the way that he spoke to you, and for you to understand that and be able to drive forward knowing that this is what God wants me to do. And that is a little bit different than some other visions that people have because sometimes people have visions and it's all about you fulfilling my vision. I have a vision and I want you now to fit into what I have and that's not the way Pastor Nelson has believed God has instructed and directed as he laid the foundation for thirty over 30 years at Solid Rock. It was always about what has God called you to do and how can we help you fulfill that? So if I can be simple and articulate it, that to me, and I know, I know there's other elements and there's other aspects, but for me, if I could say it in one way is, what has God called you to do? What is the passion that burns inside of you? What gets you up in the morning other than the fact that you have to go to work to pay for your house? But what is it when you watch something, is there something that drags you and pulls you and captures you? For me, I'll explain a little bit of something, some of the passion inside of me. I don't like tearjerker movies. Anybody know what a tearjerker movie is? You know, it's a chick flick. Okay? Because what happens is, I'm an emotional person. And I actually almost start to cry. But that reveals to me a part of my passion. So in the recent years, there's been some shows on TV that just get me. One of them is uh, a, a Greatest Home Makeover, Extreme Makeover. Have anybody ever watched that? I mean, I'm almost grabbing the tissue paper halfway through the show. Another one is, is uh, the Boss, Undercover Boss. And what happens is I've realized that there's something that happens and tweaks me that causes me and a passion to drive. And I've realized that's part of what God has made me. That's the makeup and the way he's made me. Some of you look at me and you go, man, you're weird. Those shows don't do anything to me. That's fine. That is fine. But what it does to me is it drives me. I saw a little clip just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, from WestJet on how they gave two flights. When they checked in, they asked them what they wanted for Christmas. And then when they arrived in Calgary, they gave them what they wanted. Did anybody see that thing? That went, went viral, not virus. It went viral on YouTube, not the YouTube, on YouTube. And that, to me, I saw that, and man, it got me motivated and excited. Now, some of you might not. That's fine. I'm explaining to you a little bit of how I operate. And what I hope you understand is every one of us is a different snowflake. Every one of us is unique in the way God has created us. But I saw that thing on on YouTube and I saw these people. And one of these guys, he asked for socks and underwear. (laughs) Another guy asked for a big screen TV. You know who I'm going to hang around with? The guy who asked for a big screen, I mean, he's thinking huge. And sure enough, the guy got socks and underwear. 
And then they, they showed it, and they rolled up the screen, and they had to bring in this big screen TV and the other guy. And, and what it made me, I can't wait. I cannot wait till we ask somebody, what do you want? And God gives me the ability to give them. I mean, I see it healing. I'm expecting it healing. I see it. And when, you ask, when I ask if anybody needs healing, I ask you what you want because God teaches us to ask him. But I cannot wait for the day that somebody says, I need this, and I say, here you go. That's what I'm shooting for. Even financially. So I'm telling you a little bit of some of the passion. So as, as the church and the foundation has been laid for the church, there's been a passion inside of me that drives. And one of my passions is when I see your faces, my passion is to see you fulfill the call that God has, has on your life. Because there is nothing more fun than doing what you love. I mean, there is nothing as much fun as doing what you love. I worked for 25 years in construction for my dad, who happens to be here this morning, my mom and dad. And I served my, my dad and my mom for 25 years. God graciously allowed me to move into the pasture. I loved what I did in construction. But I tell you, I love what I do now. So, what, so the vision of solid rock, if I can explain it and articulate it very simply to you, is what is your passion? What is your vision? What gets you up in the morning? And how do you see that happening? And some of you might say, well, I'd like to do this, but I have a nine-to-five job. What do you do outside of that? So this morning as we share and next week as we share, I want to put that in the backdrop so that when we talk, you kind of understand where we're coming from, where I'm coming from. One other aspect of the foundation is in the Bible, it says that Christ is the foundation. It says he is the chief cornerstone. So a solid rock is all about Christ. Without him, we are absolutely nothing. With him, we are absolutely everything. Put that in your mathematical calculator and tell me how you compute that. So Christ is the foundation. It's also interesting when you read the scriptures that you find out that the apostles added and helped build on that. And there's been a foundation laid in this house and we are not damaging it. We are building on it. And I believe especially the last four or five years, we have been able to even take that and articulate it in other ways. One year, we did a, a year of focus on destiny. Does anybody ever, do you remember that? How we focused on destiny. God has a destiny for your life. And we spent a lot of time working and talking about destiny. The next year, we talked about favor. Anybody here experience God's favor? Man, I like his favor. His favor is better than my favor. His favor is perfect. Then we spent a year after talking about favor, we spent a year talking about the Holy Spirit. 
and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this last past year, 2013, we spent the year talking about kingdom. This year, I believe we're going to continue. And, and these are not just one ofs. It's not that we talked about the Holy Spirit and now he's put aside and well, we dealt with. No, he's part of us all the time. Your destiny is active in you all the time. The favor that God has for you and the favor that God has placed on you, we believe, is every day, 24-7, 365, with you. And it wasn't just for 2011. It's from here going forward. So as we've taken these last number of years and we've seen them, they have built and worked with each other. And this next year, 2014, I'm expecting something crazy to happen. My wife just bonafide told me that I'm crazy. She said, amen. But I'm expecting this next year, if I can sum up this next year, and we'll get to it in a minute, but I want to share it with you right now, is I believe we are going to advance the kingdom. And the the phrase is, as you go. So I'd like you to, to flip to a few verses If you can get in your Bibles, if you could turn to Matthew. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 13. Can I ask if there's anybody here who made a New Year's resolution? Anybody want to be bold enough to stick up your hand? Okay. This year, actually, I I didn't, which quite often I will have goals or plans. I do have goals and plans. But what happens when you make a New Year's resolution? There seems to be a focus with you. Sometimes it lasts till like the 7th or 8th. I I was talking to Matthew this morning, and he says, every day we've done it. It's the 5th. Praise God. You know what? That's better than not doing it. Every step, every journey starts with one step. Matthew chapter 13 is where we're at. I want to read about five or six verses and then I just want to pull out a few thoughts. There's a lot of my heart and a lot of my mind, so I'm going to try to be concise and not try to get too many rabbit trails. Chapter 13. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. And large crowds gathered to him, so he, so he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke to them many things, or he spoke to many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places, Where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. Others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. 
if you were to continue reading in this chapter, he explains, as you continue on, he explains the parable. I'm not going to get into the whole definition of the parable and explanation. I want to bring you to a phrase in there uh, in verse 3. It says, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And I want to look at some five points or five words. And if you're taking notes, these words, I believe, will be impactful and will be an imprint in your mind and in your thoughts this next year. There's five, five words that I want to show you out of this passage that I believe God has given me. But the sower went out to sow. You never get a harvest unless you sow. I know that's not rocket science, but sometimes I'm amazed at people expecting a harvest, but they haven't sowed what is required to get that harvest. You always get what you sow. So if you sow nothing, what do you think you get? Man, you're bright. Now, I do find it interesting in the Old Testament, when God took the children of Israel, he brought them into the promised land. He actually gave them things that they didn't sow, but they reaped. You might reap something that you didn't sow, but you will always reap. And what they sowed was they sowed obedience and listening to God, and he gave them a harvest where they didn't have to sow to get that result. So there is an aspect of sowing and reaping that blows my mind, that goes beyond the physical, put this in, get that out. It's called obedience. And through the act of obedience, the children of Israel says, you're not going to sow, but you're going to reap what other people have sown. When you get into God's economy, when you get into the layer and the level of living where you're living with God's mindset, God's economy, it blows even the aspect of sowing and reaping and it multiplies it and puts it in other dimensions. So I want to show you a few things about sowing this year. The first thing I want you to see is it's intentional. The sower went forth to sow. You have to intend to sow in order to sow. What are you intending to do? In this parable, Jesus said, the sower went forth to, what did he go to do? To sow. It wasn't the sower went forth to play. It was the sower went forth to sow. There is an intention in what he did. This year, I believe, some of you are going to see an intentional way of living that you haven't experienced or saw before. Every, anybody remember the illustration I had of me walking through Walmart and seeing the guy in the wheelchair? I mean, that freaked me out. I never went to pray for him. But I was living with intention. And God was showing me something because I had an intent in my mind and in my heart and in my vision. And what happens is when you intend and you have an intention, you start to see things that you didn't see before. Now I'm learning to not only see, but say, God, what are you doing? I've been back to Walmart, by the way. But I didn't see a wheelchair. 
intentional in look. The sower went forth to sow. The next thing I want you to see is passion. He was passionate in his function. He was regarded as a sower. He was known by what he did. Have you ever met a doctor who's a mechanic? You wouldn't go and take a, my truck. Something's funny is happening with my truck. Two wheels want to spin when four wheels are supposed to. So I'm trying to figure out, I am not a mechanic. I put the key in, and if it doesn't start, I start praying. You know, yesterday I, I went to start one vehicle, and it doesn't. Well, thank God Pastor Nelson lives next door. And all it took me was a minute and a half to go say, I need help. And then you get two pastors looking at a car praying. <laughs> but one of them's a whole lot smarter than the other. But they're passionate. They are passionate in what they do, the function that he does. He was known as a sower. Why? Well, they recognized that's what he did. If I came up to you in one of my examples and my illustrations and I wore hockey gear, would you know what I did? Yeah, you'd say he's a hockey player because he's dressed, he's passionate. He's dressed and his function is what he does. If I came to you dressed as a hockey player and with all the gear and the hockey skates and, and, then, and then I tried to do something other than that, you might say, well, that's weird. What is he doing? He's dressed to play hockey. What's he doing running down a soccer field? So he was passionate in what he did. He was recognized in his function. They knew that he was a sower that went forth to sow. So the second thing I want you to see is the word passion. Passionate. What are you passionate about? There are people in this body that I know are passionate about certain things. For instance, Ariana's not here right now. I think she's with her child. But she's passionate regarding the issue of abortion. And she has a passion and a drive that causes her to do things and give up her time to see things happen or change because she has a passion for that. There's other of you that have passion for other things. Alvaro and Luciana have a passion for Brazil. They took time out of their schedule. They took holiday time and they went and did a mission trip. I take holiday time for a holiday. How many of you would take a holiday time off of work to do something that you're passionate about? There's a passion that I saw. Jesus, as he shared this parable, he says the sower went forth to sow. He was passionate in his function. The third thing I want you to see is he was purposeful. He was purposeful in his motion. He went forth to sow. He went forth to do something. When you, uh, my children sometimes say, I walk with purpose. I've never recognized that, but apparently I guess when I walk, I start and I already lean towards where I'm going. My, we, were, we were up at the cottage this last week and there's like two and a half, three feet of snow and it's very light. And you, we walked with snowshoes because if you don't walk with snowshoes, you fall through the snow. Well, the snow, there was a snowmobile that had driven by so that the, 
it was padded a little bit. So we started walking, and Olivia's in front of Vanessa and me, and she turns around and she says, don't walk with purpose. Because if I walked with purpose, I would... So I actually had to walk without purpose. It took me forever. Um, some of you got that. Some of you didn't. You're purposeful in your motion. When you are sower, you go out to sow. He had purpose. He had motion and it was doing one thing. And that was he was going to sow the seed. This next year, 2014, I believe is a year that you are going to experience purpose in what you do in your life. I believe you already understand that and see it, but I believe it's going to even open up in another way and you're going to see purpose in the motions that you do. You're not going to do idle things. You are going to do things that advance the kingdom. You are going to do things as part of who you are and there's purpose and there's motion in what you're doing. The next one, number four, is I see that he was consistent. He was consistent in that he sowed. You know what? He sowed to four different types of soil. He was consistent in what he sowed. He was not the one that made the results. He was the one that sowed the seed. He was the one that was consistent. He sowed his seed, whether it was rocky ground, whether it was a person that had no root, whether it was somebody that would get scorched from the sun, whether it was somebody that would get overcome by the cares of the world, or whether it was good soil. He sowed his seed. I believe in looking for good soil. And I will try to sow my seed in good soil. But there's an aspect of living our life where we live our life 24-7. We don't turn around and turn away. But we sow our seed. And sometimes the soil that you think will produce is the soil that doesn't. And sometimes the soil that you think should not produce is the soil that will. Different soil produces different things. And the condition of people's heart. Sometimes we don't understand everything that's moving around in somebody's heart. And all of a sudden you're sowing seed and you give them hope. When nobody gave them hope. And all of a sudden it starts to bring forth fruit. And you might look at it and go, I didn't even think he was listening. I mean, we do that with our children all the time. They're not listening. And then all of a sudden they say something you go... Where did that come from? That soil in their life actually started to grow. And all the parents said, hallelujah. There's hope for us. I've got children. My youngest is 20. And we are hearing things from them now that we planted when they were three, four, five years old. So... So, be consistent in what you sow. Don't give mixed messages. That produces confusion. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent in tipping. Thank you, son. My wife has taught me how to multiply by 20%. Be consistent in everything you do. 
You know why? You represent the king. You are not just a little person running around. You represent almighty God. The sower went forth to sow and he was consistent. And the last thing I want you to see from this verse is that he was expectant in his faith. He had an expectation when he planted something, it would grow. Otherwise, what's the use? Why do I need to sow anything? Nothing happens. I've met people who said, what's the use? You know what? They do nothing. Because why should I? Nothing ever happens. This sower in this parable, he went forth to sow because he expected something to happen when he sowed a seed. I have an expectation this year that something is going to happen to every single one of you. Every single one of you. From Titus all the way up to Brother Howard. And Brother Howard is not the oldest one here, so I purposely picked Brother Howard. (laughs) But from the young to the old, I have an expectation for every single one of you this year. Anybody here willing to receive that? Awesome. Awesome. There is an expectation. When you sow seed, what do you expect? When you sow a financial seed, what do you expect? When you sow a seed of friendship, what do you expect? When you sow a seed of hope, What do you expect? When you sow a seed of love, what do you expect? Have an expectation that something will happen. Expect that when God says, when you come and gather, I will be here. So when I come here Sunday morning, I am ready, I'm charged, and I am expecting his presence to fill this atmosphere because he says it and I expect it. I expect when I shake your hand that I'm going to impart something from God to you. So if you want it, shake my hand. If you don't, you better run. But have an expectation. Can you imagine Having an expectation that people will get touched by you touching them, that they'll get touched by Almighty God. You might walk around the mall like this. (laughs) Have an expectation that the things that you do will get a result because they do. They do. God says in in Galatians, God says through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Paul, he says, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. That's a kingdom law. That's a law from God. What you sow, you reap. So if you want to reap some beautiful thing, what are you prepared to sow? So we've got intentional, passionate, purposeful, consistent and expected. And this next year, I believe some of these things are going to grow even more in each one of you. I see healing. Last week, 
when I asked for a show of hands, was it last week? I think there was like 13 to 15 people, if not more, that had been healed. <laughs> Thank you, Charlene. I don't know about you, but I'd rather get healed than stay in the way I am. I was sick for one day. That was enough for the next 10 years. Actually, that's the rest of my life. I mean, feeling good is underrated. There was somebody here who couldn't hear properly. At least, that's what he told his wife. (laughs) And it took him like a week to explain that to his wife. I mean, he's probably saying, Lord, do I have to tell her I can hear? God healed somebody who had not, he did not have 100% hearing. Hallelujah. I'm expecting people to get healed. Sheila, with your kidneys, 100%. The God I serve is a God who does 100%. He does above and beyond. He doesn't just fill the cup. He lets it overflow. Shauna, 100% for your hip. Whatever you desire for it. That's what I'm believing for. I'm not believing for like just a little dabble, do you? I'm interested in everything God has. I see it in healing. I see it in our praise and worship. I'm I'm expecting God to flow and to move in the service. We had somebody that prophesied over us that we would see activity happening in pockets in the sanctuary during the services. Something might happen here. Something might happen over here. We may see God moving in different ways. As I heard one pastor say, he says, I've been around enough dead places. He says, I don't care if it's a little wild. I'd rather be around somewhere where there's life. And people were running. <laughs> He's preaching and guys are just running around. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how does he preach? And he just smiles and he says, hey, I've been to enough places that ain't allowed. He says, I'd rather be around where God's doing something. I believe this next year you're going to experience some intentional in how you look. You're going to see some things passionate in your function. You're going to be purposeful in your motion. You're going to be consistent in your words. You're going to be expectant in your faith. I'd like you now to turn to Matthew chapter 10. I got one other passage I want to share with you. Are you receiving today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10. It was only like three pages back. Everybody there? I want to read first the first one or two verses, and then we're going to skip down a few verses. But Jesus, verse 1, summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority. Jesus gave them authority. Say, Jesus gave me authority. Jesus gave me authority. I am not a wimp. Okay, that's enough. You might start to shout and yell and something like that. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. If you want a great exercise, you go to Blue Letter Bible and you click on these words and you, and you click on them for the interlinear uh, description and they give you words and they define what they mean. And casting out means plucking. God has given you the authority to pluck things out. 
He gave you authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. This is what God gave to his disciples before he died. In fact, this was even before he went to the cross. In fact, Judas is even in this group. That's kind of weird. I mean, these guys were not perfect. Don't wait to be perfect. Wait to be available. If you wait to be perfect, you'll get old and cold and nothing's going to happen. Now skip down a few verses, going down to verse 5. Because verse 2 and 3 and 4 just says all the disciples' names. And then these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them. So he gives them some instructions. Don't go in the way of the Gentiles. Don't enter into any city of the Samaritans. I mean, wow. This is interesting stuff. But rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this is the verse that I want you to see. Verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach. Saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There is a purpose and an instruction that God gives you. There's intention. There's purpose. There's passion. There's a consistency. And there's an expectancy. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Listen to what he said. He says this with an expectation, not with an if. If you go, if, he says, as you go, preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. And Pastor Nelson shared that kingdom of God is at hand literally means extending and connecting and touching with your hand or being a contact for God from God to somebody else. The kingdom of God is at hand. Is literally a moving and a touching or a reaching. So as you go. This is what you can expect. Not if. This is not if and then. He says go. It's like a command. Have you ever given your child a command? It's not an if. It's a now. Go clean your room. Not if you're so kind. Would you please clean your room. A child has no clue when you say that. But you say, go. As you go, preach. Share with them that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. This is what I am expecting, not just for Pastor Nelson, myself, my wife, my brother, Daniel, Pastor Daniel. This is what I'm expecting for you, Matthew. Stacy, this is what I'm expecting for you. That you're going to go out wherever you are, whatever sphere of influence you have, you're going to go out and people are going to get healed because you're there. You don't have to stand up on top of no orange crate or on the corner shouting and yelling. What you do is you just go. And I'm going to show you that that word go is kind of cool, but I'm not quite there yet. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons. Freely you've received it, freely give. As you go. That word go refers to your life journey. One of the definitions. There's a a number of ways that word is defined and expressed. But one of them is, what is your life journey? What is the passion that you have in your life? 
It is different than my passion. It might be different than my strength. But as you go the way you are, expect something to happen. I'm not expecting every single one of you to come up here and preach for 25 minutes and get 17 amens. I've only got 14 so far. I'm counting. But I'm not expecting everybody to do that. But what I am expecting is every one of you has a passion inside of you that causes you to ache when you see injustice happening in that order of passion. That drives you and says, God, that's not right. And I want to see that right. And as I go, I'm going to do what you required me to do. I'm going to sow a seed. So my passion is when I see injustice done in the fact that there are people out there that are hurt. And some of them are misused and some of them are abused. And some of them have no hope. Some of them have done nothing to receive that. Children who were born into situations, they didn't have a choice. That's the way God created them. That's the way God made it. That's the way it happened. My passion is to see them touched by God. It's not good enough that they stay in that state. And as I go, and my life journey is to see him represented on earth by me. So my passion is to touch them with God. And I am expecting something to happen. I'm expecting healing. I'm expecting kids with learning difficulties to wake up 100%. Why? Because that's the way he designed it. I don't care what the devil designed. I care what God designed. The gates of hell shall not prevail. And this next year, I am expecting that the passion that you have Whether it's abortion, whether it's the homeless, whether it's the down and out, whether it's somebody that just doesn't have a toothbrush, whatever the deficiency is or the thing that causes you to get angry inside will drive you to the word of God and to represent him and to bring a light and sow a seed into that situation as you go. I am not satisfied if it's not 100%. I told you I go through the drive-thru. I went through yesterday and I asked for two honey mustard sauces. They gave me three. I was happy. (laughs) Why is it that we get so angry when we order french fries and they don't give us a full thing of french fries? We should be the same way when we see an injustice in not something that is not consistent with the word of God and we see that not consistent that makes me angry and I want to see it happen the way God designed it to happen I'm getting a little worked up what is your go your go is you it's not me my go is David the way I am Great jokes and all. You get me. You might have a lower sense of humor than me. That's okay. The way God designed you, the way you created, the way he created you is the way that he wants you to go. 
the life that you've come from, the depths of despair that you've been from, your background, your childhood, you're missing your mom, you're missing your dad, whatever that situation is, God has placed you there so that when you come out of it, which he's given you the ability to, you can now minister to those that have experienced. Why? Because you know the hurt, you know the pain, you know the feeling. I sit down and I talk to one of my daughters who's a teacher and her heart aches when she sees kids coming into her classroom six, seven, eight years old that have no life skill at that point because the parents don't know how to parent. And she is heartbroken. We go to that classroom and half the time I'm praying for those kids in a secular school. I'm not laying my hands on them. I'm not going to get kicked out of the school. I'm walking around praying for them. I pray for her every single day that those kids are going to have the best time in her class and they are actually going to come out of there better and stronger and mentally uh, stronger from what God has placed inside of her. She has a passion for that. There's some of you that have a passion for other things. Some of you might say, well, I don't, but my passion is this. Whatever that passion is, grab it. Whatever it is that causes you to, you know, sometimes people say your gifting is, is when you see something happen and you get irritated by it. Be careful with that because sometimes your irritation can take you the wrong place. But you can identify, you know what, there's something here, there's something inside of me that's tweaked when this happens. God, what are you doing? You are created uniquely. There is no one else in the 8 billion plus on this earth identical to you. And whatever God has brought you through has prepared you and placed you and brought you to where you are today. And just like Mordecai said to his niece Esther, who knows, but you were prepared for such a time as this. Everyone here, you were prepared for two 2014 January 5th plus you were prepared for today I don't believe the last five years I don't believe the last 30 years have been a happen chance I believe they've been ordained by God and there's been a foundation laid and it's time now that we're going to go beyond that foundation and we've been doing it but I'm expecting every single I I'm expecting every one of you to do something this next year that you haven't done before. And if you want, drop me an email and I'll pray for you if you need courage. Because you know what? It is a little scary. When I saw that person in the wheelchair in Walmart, it was like, what are you asking me to do, God? As you go. Now, in, past, in chapter 10 there, it says he gave them authority. If you went to math, uh, Luke chapter 9, it's the same account. And in Luke chapter 9, it says he gave them power and authority. The last month and a half, we've been talking about the authority and the power of God. You are already commissioned. God has given you the authority. You need to walk in that authority. Authority is giving direction. Authority is not wimpy. Authority is saying, no, this is what's going to happen. When I worked for my dad, he gave me some authority. And there were things that I could do and say because my dad, the boss, said, David, this is what needs to be done. 
So I could walk into the shop and tell somebody, stop that project, do this, because that is needed today. There was an authority. You and I have authority from Heavenly Father that says you can go out and expect someone to get healed. That's why I'm really excited. I'm super excited. I'm stoked for Jim and Mary Baker to come up. I've gone through his teaching on on healing, and, and it's like it's so simple. It's like, wow. And I would encourage you to come on that Saturday because he gives some explanation and some teaching on how God works miracles that gives you just an understanding as you pray. He doesn't pray for somebody 25 minutes long. He prays for him for a minute, two minutes, and he, and he prays like this. Like he's so casual, you don't wonder if he's awake. He prays and they says, so how's your arm feeling now? Move it. How's it feel? Well, it used to be I could only, now I can, oh, great, you're better. You're getting better. Well, let's pray 100%. I mean, and, and he uses the scripture. It's not some philosophy. It's the word of God. So I want, I, I'm excited about that. I don't think that's the only thing that's going to happen, but I see people getting healed. I am expecting you to see people that are not healed. They, they, they're, they're not whole emotionally. And you're going to go after it. You're going to see people that are not whole spiritually. You're going to go after it. You're going to, say, you're going to see people that are not whole financially. You're going to go after it. You're going to see people that have deficiencies, hurt, legitimate hurts. I'm not denying those and I'm not belittling them. But they stay there and you're going to see that and you're going to help them. And you're going to shed some light and you're going to sow some seed. You're going to speak some words. You're going to be consistent, passionate, purposeful. And you are going to see chains break and people rise up out of those ashes. And you are going to see life happening around you. That is the authority that God has given you. This year is going to be a year like no other. And this year is going to build on what we've seen the last few years. And it's going to go on and on. It's not just today. It's forever. It's continual. We are putting deposits on earth into heaven. Hallelujah. So how does this work? You're listening to me? yell you see me jump i preached one time it was really funny <laughs> one time was really funny but it was in the old facility and there was there was a some people and there was one guy sitting behind and i preached and i got so excited i was going back and forth and i looked up one time and his head was going like this <laughs> trying to keep i'm sorry if i get excited i can't help it god get something happens to me and my legs start to move and they move just about as fast as my feet What can I do? Well, there's many things we can do. But I believe God's given me some thoughts and some ideas for something to start with. And some of you may agree. Some of you might find this right up your alley. Some of you might be motivated or or challenged to do more. That's fine. But I'm going to offer you something that I believe God has given me some idea and strategy on. So if I, if I could get the ushers, if you could get ready, meet Renee at the back. We, I want to pass out something to you. Not pass out. I want to pass something out. You ready to receive? You ready to get challenged a little bit?
Oh, nobody said anything. <laughs> That's okay. I'm challenged. Yeah, don't answer that question. But if I could have the ushers, there's, there, you're going to receive a little packet. And, uh, and also you're going to receive a couple pieces of paper. And as they come, I'll just... And this is for every single person that's sitting down with you, children included, okay? This is for everybody. So um, if, if you want it, you've got it. We're going to pass them out. Go ahead, guys. Pass out one to every person. You're going to receive a little Ziploc container, Ziploc bag. I guess I didn't talk to Ruth fast enough to get Rubbermaid, so a Tupperware. So you're going to get Ziploc. Um, you're also going to receive some pieces of paper, a blue paper and a white paper. I want to explain them. In light of what the passages that I've read, I want to give you some thought or some idea because I have found in my own life I, I'm quite an emotional being. And my emotion gets going and sometimes what happens is I get raw, raw, raw. And by the time I get out of the driveway of the church, I'm wah, wah, wah. You know, it's changed from raw, raw to wah, wah. And, and it's amazing how 150 feet or 175 feet such a change can happen. So what I'd like to do is I, I, I believe God gave me some ideas and some thought. And this is, this is no, by no means comprehensive or complete, but I believe this is something that we're ready for. Um, so what I'd like you to do is, first of all, if you just take out of your Ziploc bags, anybody not received a Ziploc bag yet? If you have not received your Ziploc bag, raise your hand. Okay, Jackson here in the middle. If you haven't received a Ziploc bag, raise your hand because it's show and tell time. All right, everybody ready to rock and roll? So if you take that out of there, inside that bag, there's a couple things. There's, there's a, a thing that says, I pray. There you go. It just looks like that. By the way, I, I want to thank my son, Justin, who spent lots of time, and my wife, who um, asked me numerous of times um, and challenged me and asked me, what was I trying to do or what was I trying to achieve? And they produced all these things. It was their graphics and their ability. So thank you, honey. And thank you, son, for your time and effort. Um, because I wouldn't have produced anything like this. I would have said, get out your pencils and start drawing. But in the bag, there's, there's, there's a sticker and a magnet. That says, I pray, and a sticker and a magnet that says, one for two. And as I was praying over this and and preparing, and I've been doing this for quite a while. My wife came up with the term, I pray. And I thought it was kind of cool. Because we got the iPhone, the iPad, the iPod, iMac, and now we got the I pray. You have to be a Mac user, I guess, to figure that one out. But 
Um, we don't have an Android version. But these work together. So when I was sharing today about the passion inside of you, what I believe God's given me some thought and a strategy is, can you come up with two people? Two people. And if you're a family, this is for either for an individual or for a family. It doesn't matter. You might come up with another family that maybe isn't walking with the Lord. Maybe they're not saved. Maybe they've come to church from the past, but they've wandered away. Maybe they have had no experience with Christ. Maybe they're a family member that you know. Maybe it's somebody you work with who's been asking you questions. Maybe it's somebody that, you know, you're always going into Tim Hortons, as Pastor Nelson does, and there's people that he recognizes there. Maybe it's uh, that, that you know a little bit of history or that there's a need. I'm asking, and this is, this is something I am presenting to you, and I'm asking you to, you don't have to fill this out today. This is something I want you to think about and pray about and talk about this next week. But I'm going to ask every one of you, Children are included, or children can go with their moms and dads, whatever they'd like to do. But I'd like to ask you to ask God if there's two people that you could pray for every day this next year. Two people. I've been looking at this for a month, and I've got one family so far, and I'm asking God, I've got lots of ideas. I've been talking with my wife. I'm asking God to give you two families or two people that you would pray for, that you would commit to every day of the year. I'm not going to phone you up at 7 o'clock in the morning and say, have you had your prayer time for so-and-so yet? I'm not going to do what I'm doing. I'm asking you to commit as we are body and as we are family here. So what I'd like you to do is I'm giving this to you you can hang up these magnets work on steel. Something I learned a long time ago. So if you have a steel fridge, put it in front of you. If you have a steel frame somewhere, I'd love for you to put that somewhere visible. Somewhere where if you forget, you might see this and you might be reminded. So these are psychological tools no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to get... My daughter would do the psycho babble babble, but these are just things that you can do that may help you remember throughout the year. I'm asking you to commit. When you see there's a blue paper and a white paper in your hands, one of them is for you to keep, to fill out. The white one is for you to keep and fill out that you might want to put in your Bible. Or put somewhere where you might see it on a regular basis. And what it says there is, I or we, because it might be a family, I or we, the Stuneberg family, David and Winona, will pray for, and then write down the so-and-so family or so-and-so. And I've given spaces for two names. You with me on this? Okay. Then I've also given you a blue one 
that we're asking if you could fill that out and bring it next Sunday, we're going to pray over them. And then I'm asking if you would leave them with us as a pastorate, as an eldership, that we would be able to pray for throughout the year. Not something that I'm going to call you at three in the morning when God wakes me up. I'm not going to call you and say, oh, I just realized I haven't asked you if you... No, I'm not... That's not the way we operate. We operate as family. We operate members one of another. We operate with each other. It's not something that is going to legalize or legislate, but this is just something that I believe we're ready to take some steps as family together. And I will commit to you right now that my wife and I, I'll commit myself, I'm praying for two people this year. I will be the first one to stand and say that. And I'm asking if you would join me and I know I've shared this with Pastor Nelson and Pastor Louise and Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda and a few others. And I want to encourage you and ask you if you would join us praying for somebody else. The object is not to get them to come to church, this church. I'm not asking you to pray for them and then drag them out kicking and screaming to church on Sunday. What I'm asking you to do is pray for them and when they come across your path, you show them love. You show them compassion. You show them seeds of God. It might be a listening ear and a hug one day and a week later, you might have an opportunity to share more. You don't have to hit a home run. You don't have to go knocking on their door cold turkey and standing. I mean, I was in high school and I wrote to a guy I was doing correspondence to do you know that Jesus loves you and are you saved and he said yes he replied back yes I do and he also helps me do my work as in get going on your correspondence I mean it was a little freaking intimidating I'm not asking you to be intimidated I'm not asking you to be intimidated but I'm asking you to do something you maybe haven't done before in a structured way Some of you probably already pray for family or loved ones or people you know. Then I'd love to join you with that. My expectation is that the church will grow and my expectation is that you will see results. They might go to another church. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's lots of churches in town and I know a number of the pastors and I love them dearly and I'm asking God to increase them. It's it's not about solid rock. It's about him. Okay, so I'm not asking you to bring them to the church. If they come, great. Awesome. And there may be some that do. But the object or what I'm trying to do is make what I just preached and what I just shared practical. You may have someone that you go to school with. You might have somebody you play a sport with. You might have somebody you work with. You might have a family friend. You might might have somebody you haven't come across a lot lately, but God all of a sudden puts their name in your mind. Write them down. And you might not see them for a month. And all of a sudden you're walking through and they come across your path. But because you've been praying for them every day, you're tuned in to what God is doing and you have some intention and you have some passion and you have some purpose and you have some expectation and you have some consistency and they come across your path, you might say, can I take you out for coffee? You might stop in the middle of Safeway. How's it going? 
and just catch up. And sow a seed of love. You don't have to give them the four spiritual laws the first time around. What you do is you share Christ, Him crucified, risen again to life eternal who is the one that makes the difference in everything we do. So as I've shared with you, a sower went forth to sow, and as you go, I want to encourage you to take some time. Don't just throw this at the bottom of the birdcage. Pray about it. Take this week, husbands and wives, if I can ask you to actually spend one meal where you talk about this, And I might Facebook it and I might Twitter it so that it stays in front of you. (laughs) That was funny. But I'm going to ask you that I interrupt your life for one meal this week. But could you give one meal where you talk about this other than just sitting down now? And that you prayerfully, prayerfully consider what can I do and what do I expect from God? Amen? Is, are you okay with that? If you're not okay with that, don't raise your hand, but just send me an email. I won't give you my email address, but you'll find it. Oh, boy, come on. I feel like Tim the Toolman Taylor <laughs> making a mistake. Here's his big address right behind him. But I believe this will be a tool. This is not the answer, but I believe this may help Remind us, keep us focused, keep our New Year resolution a little longer. Make us more intentional to those around us. I mean, you write down that person's name, you know what? God's going to keep reminding you, not in a bad way, but you're going to have that person's name come in front of you and you're going to pray every day. You could take the sticker and you could put it on a piece of paper and put it in the mirror when you get ready in the morning. Because that's, I think, where we spend most of our time, in front of the mirror. So, so have it right there. Another joke. So I think it's time for me to quit. Nobody's getting my jokes. But do you receive that? Next week, if you could bring this blue piece of paper back. And we're going to spend a little time. I've got some ideas, some suggestions on how you can reach out to other people that I want to share. So it might be a little bit different type of service or preaching. But I think there's some ideas, some practical ways that you can get involved with other people's lives. And I want to give you a week to pray about this. And you know what? You might come back and say, well, I don't see somebody that's not saved, but there's people in the church or family members that go to church, but I just want to, great, put them down, pray for them. I don't want to make this an inclusive or exclusive. This includes, this is for everybody. And what my prayer is that it makes us, this next year, more mindful as you go. We are advancing the kingdom. Amen? I believe it's time for soup. Boy, I got a lot of amens. Hallelujah. Are you ready to eat? Ready to fellowship? I'm going to pray.
If you've got any questions, I'll be somewhere in the gym. You can track me down and uh, I'll see if I can answer your questions. Or if, you're, if I did not explain something correctly, feel free to, to ask me, what do I mean? Are you ready for some soup? Do we serve a good God? Are you expecting something crazy in 2014? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for every individual here right now. My brothers and my sisters. And Lord, my heart is full of expectation of what you want to do. My heart is full of seeing your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, I I ask for this word that was shared that we would take time this week to prayerfully consider and bring this matter before you and before each other. And that we would look at it and if we can commit, great. And if we don't think we can, that's fine. We're all in this together. But that you be with us. That we would grow in you. And Lord, I declare 2014 a banner year. A year that will stick out. That will be a memorial and memorable year of your goodness, of your awesomeness, of your coolness. I also ask for this time that we're going to have soup together for everyone that prepared it, arranged it, set it up. I thank you for them. Pray that we'd have a great time of fellowship. In your precious name, amen.